business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, September 2nd. The search continues for a 32-year-old Camden man who's a suspect in a homicide that took place earlier this week. 43-year-old Michael Varney was found dead on the front porch of his home on Georgian Road in Camden County. Witnesses say the two men have been arguing. Authorities say Varney was hit by a vehicle allegedly driven by Jordan Jones. Jones could be driving a late 1980s green or teal extended cab Chevy pickup truck with damage on the front end. Anyone with information about the Camden area man is asked to contact the Camden County Sheriff's Office. The annual Bike Fest event at Lake of the Ozarks has a new sponsor. Indian Motorcycles Slingshot and Head Motor Company is donating $25,000 a year for the next five years to keep the rally on the Bagnell Dam Strip going. The Bike Fest also has a new events organizer. This year's Bike Fest is September 14th through the 18th. The Labor Day holiday is upon us, and that means firework displays at Lake of the Ozarks. Firework shows generally start after dusk. Here's a rundown of a few displays happening this weekend. Saturday night, enjoy music and fireworks show at Bear Bottom Resort. They'll be doing it again on Sunday evening. Also lighting up the sky Sunday night will be Margaritaville and the Lodge of Four Seasons and Point Randall. For a full list, you can go to lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com lake news events boating and the lake life lakeexpo.com helping out the community is as simple as joining the key radio team right now key radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the lake of the ozarks the job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission you decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF, and it's football time. That means we've got high school football for you tonight, a whole lot of games, including the game of the week on Lake TV. That's for sales at home against Warsaw. Old rivals going at it tonight, and you can see it live on Lake TV. The COMC pregame show starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7 for sales home to Warsaw. Also tonight, undefeated Camdenton at undefeated Kickapoo, undefeated Eldon at undefeated Owen. Tonight, Osage looking for their first win of the year at Moberly. It'll be California looking for its first win of the year at Fulton tonight. College football last night, Mizzou got its first win of the season. Game number one, the Tigers beating Louisiana Tech. Next up for Mizzou, they will be on the road to play K-State a week from tomorrow. MSU Bears open their season with a win on the road at Central Arkansas. Next up for the Bears, it'll be uh, next Thursday at home against UT Martin. Baseball last night saw the Cardinals with the day off. They did not have 
a game yesterday after taking two or three in Cincinnati. They open a three-game weekend series at home against the Cubs tonight. Royals, well, they are busy in Detroit to play the Tigers. That after closing out a series in Chicago against the White Sox last night. Chiefs, not busy this weekend. Kansas City will open its NFL season on the road on September 11th against Arizona against the Cardinals. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows. It is absolute greatness. And don't forget at the top of the hour on almost every hour on Lake TV, you can check out Uncle Chris. He's got sports for you. He's got All-American Truth. And he's got trivia. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, and streaming live all the time on online at mylaketv.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Our underwriters are who makes the programming possible on Key Radio. And thank you to Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the history of Victoria Station and how you might have to just use your nose with some of the unique products they offer at Victoria Station. The Victoria Station has been around for 37 years now. We're a family-owned business. We've been in our location for 27. We're veteran-owned, family-run. We carry lots of different product categories, from greeting cards to home fragrances, uh, lamps, potpourri. There are certain products that you have to smell. Those home fragrance things, the candles, the potpourri lines, the fragrance oils, that, yeah, you need to smell it to see if that's what you want your own home to smell like. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 9.30 to 5.30. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. And good morning. It is 8.08. Hello. How are you? Well, things shaping up to be a very nice weekend, even though we are off to a bit of a wet start, taking a look at the in-studio radar that we have for you this morning. We are seeing uh, some light rain, maybe a few raindrops hitting your windshield as you are headed out this morning. Uh, that's not a big deal, but uh, we could see some rain throughout the course of the morning. It looks like uh, what we're seeing now could intensify just a bit. What we have is uh, going to continue to increase as far as some of that activity that will be coming to us out of the southwest. So we could um, encounter a, a little bit of heavier rain throughout the course of the morning. Looks like a lot of this stuff will be done by uh, mid-morning, maybe early afternoon. Showers and uh, some scattered thunderstorms uh, arriving uh, this afternoon. As I said, uh, probably uh, late morning, early afternoon, things begin to taper off. A few clouds tonight, a low of 62, a high today of only 76 degrees, which if we can beat that humidity just a bit, uh, should be a nice evening for high school football. Might want to take along the hoodie or the uh, sweater, sweatshirt, whatever you need. 85 and partly cloudy tomorrow. Partly cloudy and 82 on Sunday. It is going to be a beautiful Chamber of Commerce weekend, if you will. And then on Monday, Labor Day, looking for a partly cloudy sky, a high of around 83. Not bad as we head into next week as well, but as you know, a lot of this could change. Right now, uh, looking for a high on Tuesday of 84, partly cloudy and 85 on Wednesday, partly cloudy and 84 on Thursday, sunny and 85 next Friday. And, of course, next Friday wraps up hot summer nights on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. Looking at uh, a salute to our frontline heroes. And so we hope that uh, you will come down and salute these men and women who have served in the military. A lot of them have gone on to serve their communities, whether it's as uh, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, uh, or just folks that are there every day doing what they do best. And that's helping people out. 810 is our time. Current lake level at Bagnell Dam is 659.16. River level at 552.36. And the surface water temperature steady at 81 degrees. It is time to welcome in Bev Aylin from Concerned Women for America of Missouri. And we've got a lot to talk about here in the next 20 minutes, so we won't mess around. We'll say good morning to you, Bev. How in the world are you? Good morning, KB. Great, great. Good day to be a Missourian. <laughs> it is a great day to be a Missourian. It certainly is. And uh, there is uh, certainly a lot on the agenda for you and I to discuss this morning. So let's dive right into it. Uh, the uh, midterm elections coming up on Tuesday, November the 8th. Uh, we are uh, wanna, we want to make sure that, of course, people are registered to vote. I think that's already kind of came and went. But uh, if not... Get down to the uh, the place where you can register and make sure that uh, you are registered. You might want to check on that as well. But uh, you are encouraging folks to help ensure every eligible vote counts and be a poll watcher. And I guess that's something that folks can do. Tell us uh, your thoughts on uh, what's coming up on November the 8th. We've got a lot on the table. Okay, well, there is. And it actually, it's kind of funny. Yesterday I was talking to an individual who wanted help with a voter guide um, for November. And in our county, none of our um, candidates are opposed. So 
all those election, all those decisions were made in August, you know, for many of us. So um, we had to always point to August primary elections being uh, very, very important because that's where we get to choose the candidates for the November election. However, real quickly, um, the last couple of weeks have been fairly intense with trying to get some resolution to the data that the people are asking from their county clerks because federal law says that county clerks and election authorities are not to destroy their records um, from any federal election for 22 months. And the point I've been making with our Secretary of State is that he needs to communicate to the county clerks and the election authorities um, that just because September 3rd is the first day that they could destroy those records doesn't mean they have to. And, of course, it's a holiday weekend, so really I can't imagine any of them wanting to do this until September 6th. But with with all the um, um, suspicions still floating around about not only the 2020 election, in fact, I got an email from one of our office holders told um, me that um, Trump lost and go get over it. And um, this is not about Trump's loss on, in no, uh, November 2020. That just brought the attention of many Americans to our voting system. And so looking back the years prior, over the years, it seems like there's more and more opportunity to commit fraud through the um, data, through the internet, through the um, I'm sure internet, but through the machines, and therefore um, we're asking for that information not to be destroyed because we want to, to see if there's the same patterns there. So anyway, so it's just been really difficult the last couple of weeks <laughs> as we've been contacting the different county clerks and getting pushback um, of releasing the information um, and no promising not to destroy the data. And I'm not very well-versed in the technical side of all of this. Obviously, as you can probably already tell. But I, I did ask a couple IT people, how much space does this take up? And could they save it to something else? They don't have to destroy it. They could just save it to something else. And, yes, it's, it's um, an easy thing to do. And why the pushback from many of our county clerks, mm-hmm. um, when we're not accusing them of any wrongdoing, we're just saying, hey, let's, Let's see. Let's let's open and see. So anyway, so that's just kind of what we've been doing. So uh, tomorrow is the big day, and it'll be really interesting if any of them come in. On they've been the county clerks have had their annual conference in Springfield this week, which will conclude this afternoon. And so I can't imagine any of them um, going into the office tomorrow. But boy, if any of them do, we're gonna we're gonna find out about that. But anyway, so that's just. And looking towards the November 8th election, of course, the new voter, um, the new election law went into, um, um, went into whatever <laughs> on, on August 28th. So um, we will be showing the photo ID and blah, blah, blah on November 8th. But next year, legislatively, we're probably going to have to draft some bills to address some of these questions that are still out there about our um um, you know, our voting process. And the end game here is hand counting. All the countries in Europe do hand count. And 
it can be done. We used to hand count, and that's rolling around a long way of saying why everybody needs to be, who are concerned about election integrity, need to be signed up to be a poll worker. That's where you're actually inside all day. It's a long day, yes, but you do get paid for it. Not a whole lot, but it's not completely um, unpaid. But um, three days, you know, we're asking patriots for three days a year to be a poll worker in either their county or they can go to another county who is which is short of um, poll workers and therefore when we do get to where we hand count ballots again we'll be in there watching we'll be in there counting you know what's right. the use of saying we're going to hand count ballots and, and we, we're not in there watching it so okay so that's my big filibuster on election. And, and we have, um, if a person wants to go to cwfa.org, it's Concerned Women for America.org, um, at the top of the page is um, a link to our to resources, and the top of that is our election resources. So they can tap in on that, and they can get right into their county, how to be a poll worker, um, the dates. And actually, you don't be um, registered to vote is October, oops, I think October 8th. I just had it a minute ago. and Well, October 5th, I think, this year, um, to register for the November 8th election. So, um, there's, so there's still time to register or change your address and um, be ready to vote um, in November. And if you sign up to be a poll worker, I know that my friend Janet just signed up yesterday for, and she'll be a poll worker on November 8th election. So they are, they always need poll workers. Yeah. All right. The more the merrier, right? Well, yes. I I never (laughs) realized how short of, you know, and and it really troubles me because people say, Oh, it's a long day, you know, and I think it's one day, right? It's it, Bev, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just one day. Come on. You can do it. You can make it. Yeah. Start pacing yourself. Start working, start working out in the gym building. Yeah, in most cases, building or a heated building. In most oh. cases, you're right. And, uh, maybe if they start doing a little, you know, a little working out a little cardio now, they'll be fine by uh, the time November the 8th rolls around. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, uh, Biden's title nine rule. And the opposition to that uh, by September the 12th. Thank you. Because if they go to CWFA.org on that very page, the big thing right staring at them should be that the deadline is September 12th to make your comment for regarding uh, Biden's um, proposal to change the Title IX rule, which was set in place to help women to have money and, and have um, opportunity for sports in school and, and other opportunities. Well, his his proposed change would allow people who uh, sexual um, to add sexual orientation and or gender identity into that. So it really would take away all the um, emphasis off the woman there, and we would lose so much. So uh, we want a million comments because they have to read each comment that is made. And so if you link onto our page, it is so easy to go ahead and make a comment. They have suggested. Um, things to say, and you just click on the link, put in your name and, and your information and whatever you want to say, and, and send it away. It's so easy. It takes less than five minutes. So if everybody listening to this broadcast would do that, they would have at least, you know, how, how many more millions of people are listening to this broadcast. So anyway, so but just please do it. I mean, goodness gracious, our <laughs> republic is at risk, and we're just asking people to do simple things right now. If we can't do the simple things, what, what are we going to do when it gets hard? 
This is true. You know, I was talking with someone the other day about uh, the fact that uh, freedom isn't free and the fact that our liberty and our freedom is being eroded, literally taking taken away from us on a daily yeah. basis and and we really need to pay attention to it because it's being served up it's being dealt out as something completely and totally different the underlying circumstance or what is under the surface if you will is what people need to pay attention to and most people don't they hear a headline or they read uh, a story and that's where it stops and they figure well if the government has uh, got everything under control what do i need to worry about well, and, and it's, we trust. Most people live honest lives, so they don't believe or want to think that there's this undermining of our republic through government right. bureaucracies and, and such. So, um, it, but, my goodness, they should by now notice. If a person is unplugged from any media, surely they're noticing something is wrong in sure. our culture, and what is that? It's because... Um, evil ones have taken the power of um, authority in so many in so many entities, in fact, all of them. So, yeah, and so we are in the need, of course, it always comes back to the spiritual renewal in our country, because even if we make great changes in our leaders, um, we still have to get back to one nation under God, the creator God, the God who uh, made it possible for our country to even be founded. So, let's, uh, um, let, let, it's all good. It's right, all good. Right, Bev. Let's talk a little bit about medical marijuana. And I don't know if there's as much of a concern about medical marijuana as there is about what's going to be on the oh. November 8th ballot in terms of legalizing recreational marijuana. Recreational. Sure. Yes. Yes, yes. In fact, um, I, the, you know, the jury is out. It's been a struggle um, because I'm a liberty-loving person and knowing how the federal war on everything always has backfired. So the, legal, the trend to legalize drugs um, has just been growing over the years. However, this initiative ballot petition is going to benefit certain individuals if it gets passed and recreational marijuana is is the thing here in Missouri, this is written in such a way that the people who wrote it and got the, paid for the signatures are going to be the beneficiaries of it and really kind of leading out, leaving out the little guy. Um, so I would suggest uh, a person, I, I wrote, I read this yesterday um, at Mo Rhino Watch, M-O Missouri, rhinowatch.org, I'm sorry, dot com. And um, and on that page, you can read what they have to say about the the um, recreational um, marijuana proposed um, ballot coming up, and um, and look into it because what that article had was was repeating the things I've been hearing over the last you know couple of months. I haven't read these. I don't know. I printed it off yesterday, thirty-seven pages. I think it, it is, and um, I haven't read it myself. But people who are way smarter than me have read it and are coming to the same conclusion that this has been written to, to benefit. And that's the problem with our initiative petition. You don't, you know, um, with bills, you have a lot of vetting process, you have hearings, you have plenty of time to oppose or support and get the word out. And um, these initiative uh, petitions, um, you write the wording and you get the signatures and you get the signatures because you tell the people whatever you want them to tell them to, to for them to sign on, and it's going to be on the ballot, and you can vote then, and then um, then they have the commercials making you think it's all 
all this or all that, and um, people vote, and we change our It's a really big, big, fat document. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It is uh, interesting how this happens. And normally, uh, once uh, medical marijuana gets a foothold, it's not too long before people start discussing recreational marijuana and how will that affect society. It, 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 what, what amazes me on this is that the federal government still hasn't gotten involved because, of course, it is, it is, uh, you, you see this as an opportunity for these folks to make money, and I'm really kind of surprised because uh, there has been talk about it in Washington, D.C., but uh, not a whole lot of people have uh, really acted on it, and it is still illegal federally, uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, well, I won't get into that now. Let's talk well, about some maybe, events. Maybe she's look at this as a state's rights issue. No, no, no. But See, that's, right. and that's exactly, yes, that is exactly what I was thinking. Oh, states' rights. Also, all of a sudden, states' rights matter. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of events coming uh, down the uh, pike as well. And uh, I know there's one coming up here shortly on uh, Keep Missouri Pro-Life, St. Yeah, Charles, had- Missouri, on Wednesday, September the 7th. Yeah, that's uh, because, you know, uh, so many individuals think um, that Roe v. Wade, I mean, since Roe v. Wade has been overturned, we've won. But no, talking about states' rights, this is, it's back in the states, and we cannot stop talking about the sanctity of life because it's the personal knowledge that... uh, Deb, are you still with us? I don't know what the issue has been this morning, but we have had problems with the interweb. I don't know if we lost her or not. I don't know if she can still even hear me. Let's make sure she's still with us. Looks as though she's uh, still connected in. I can hear her just a bit. Hold on just a second. Let me try something here. I thought I heard her. So that's going to happen in St. Charles on, on the um, 7th. And then we have a couple things in, in um, your area. Um, mm-hmm. I know we're going to be showing Mind Polluters on Tuesday, September 27th at Sunrise Bible Church. And that's a documentary regarding the um, the corruption of the minds of the young minds of our children in, in schools um, with the sex education and, and all the material that's available to them and, and so many of the Parents who are get, have gotten involved in their local school boards now are finding this, so it's it's really um, timely documentary to to go through, and it talks about the history as well, so we can see how we got there. So that's on the 27th, and then I'm going to be down there on the 18th, October 18th, at um, the Republican Club regular meeting, um, speaking. So anyway, um, yeah, all kinds of things are going on. Pay attention, and please go to our our Concerned Women for America, Missouri. Facebook page because, you know, go to the events and um, for sure because you have to click onto the events and we, we keep that, that page updated fairly fairly well. So um, go to there to see what's happening. And weigh in on the Title IX um, proposed changes. Please, please, please do that. It'll take less than five minutes. Let me, uh, again, run down some other events that you've got going on uh, from uh, 10 until 2 on Saturday, October 1st, the Missouri State Capitol uh, Concerned Women oh, yeah. for America of Missouri, the Missouri Prayer Fest, uh, the Life Chain from 2 until 4 
on Sunday, October the 2nd in Warrington. Adopt a day from 1 until 7 on Monday, October the 3rd at the Planned Parenthood uh, location in St. Louis. And as you mentioned, uh, the Campton County Republican Club meeting uh, live in color. The guest speaker will be none other than who we have on the phone with us right now, Miss Bev Allen. And uh, it is good to know that uh, you are going to be uh, on the scene. I was, uh, let's see, that's uh, a Tuesday too bad you're not in town on Friday. Maybe we could have you stop in the studio, or if you're in town, uh, maybe we could have you come by. I'll have to talk to Janet and see if maybe we could arrange something. It would be nice to have you in studio here. We love having you on the phone, but certainly an opportunity to uh, to have you in here live would be uh, nice That's as well. It's really tempting I know. to stay down in the lake for those few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just squeeze that in. October um, I'll is I'll be door, door knocking tomorrow. <laughs> Back well, to campaigning, but uh, well, uh, never a dull moment. Well, as uh, as is the case in October, the lake is a, a very, very, very beautiful place. Well, listen, Bev, as always, we appreciate oh, yeah. your time, and we thank you for joining us this morning, and we'll talk to you again in uh, probably two weeks, which would be, I believe, the 16th of September. Yes, that is. Okay, thank you, Katie. Have a great day. Thank Bye. you, ma'am. I appreciate it. All this and more available to you on their uh, website. Uh, it's concernedwomen.org. You can go to concernedwomen.org. Don't forget their uh, Facebook page, CWA of Missouri Facebook page, 314-608-0168. 829. Hey, I just want to remind folks, uh, it's going to be busy out there on the water this weekend, no doubt about it. And uh, the weather is going to be conducive to a lot of folks being out there. Of course, the holiday weekend as well. And it looks like uh, the folks from the Water Safety Council are urging continued vigilance for summer's final big weekend. Uh, They encourage you to know the rules of navigation when boating. Don't overload the boat. Be prepared with your life jackets and be a sober boater. And if you plan on being out for fireworks, make sure that those navigation lights that you have on your boat, not LEDs, but the uh, the light that you stick on there to be seen at night uh, is working before, that is before, you take off from your dock. So when you uh, get out there and watch the fireworks and decide you want to head home and attach that light, that everything is working properly. Thanks to the folks with the Water Safety Council here at the Lake of the Ozarks, Bob May and Doug Beck, the co-chairs of that organization, And we thank them for their concern and their support. Time for us to move ahead with a check of local news. We turn to our friends at lakeexpo.com, your trusted news source to do just that. Also, Lake TV with a check of sports. Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris, the master of disaster. High school football tonight. And I believe uh, some other things starting up as well along the uh, lines of the college ranks. Chris has got it all for you, as does Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com on the key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, September 2nd. The search continues for a 32-year-old Camden man who's a suspect in a homicide that took place earlier this week. 43-year-old Michael Varney was found dead on the front porch of his home on Georgian Road in Camden County. Witnesses say the two men have been arguing. Authorities say Varney was hit by a vehicle allegedly driven by Jordan Jones. Jones could be driving a late 1980s green or teal extended cab Chevy pickup truck with damage on the front end. 
Anyone with information about the Camden area man is asked to contact the Camden County Sheriff's Office. The annual Bike Fest event at Lake of the Ozarks has a new sponsor. Indian Motorcycles Slingshot and Head Motor Company is donating $25,000 a year for the next five years to keep the rally on the Bagnell Dam Strip going. The Bike Fest also has a new events organizer. This year's Bike Fest is September 14th through the 18th. The Labor Day holiday is upon us, and that means firework displays at Lake of the Ozarks. Firework shows generally start after dusk. Here's a rundown of a few displays happening this weekend. Saturday night, enjoy music and a fireworks show at Bear Bottom Resort. They'll be doing it again on Sunday evening. Also lighting up the sky Sunday night will be Margaritaville and the Lodge of Four Seasons and Point Randall. For a full list, you can go to lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com lake news events boating and the lake life lakeexpo.com portions of the programming on key radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents second homeowners visitors and the boating community to the lake of the ozarks lake expo features real estate and boats for sale upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF, and it's football time. That means we've got high school football for you tonight, a whole lot of games, including the game of the week on Lake TV. That's for sales at home against Warsaw. Old rivals going at it tonight, and you can see it live on Lake TV. The COMC pregame show starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7 for sales home to Warsaw. Also tonight, undefeated Camdenton at undefeated Kickapoo, undefeated Eldon at undefeated Owen. Tonight, Osage looking for their first win of the year at Moberly. It'll be California looking for its first win of the year at Fulton tonight. College football last night, Mizzou got its first win of the season. Game number one, the Tigers beating Louisiana Tech. Next up for Mizzou, they will be on the road to play K-State a week from tomorrow. MSU Bears open their season with a win on the road at Central Arkansas. Next up for the Bears, it'll be uh, next Thursday at home against UT Martin. Baseball last night saw the Cardinals with the day off. They did not have a game yesterday after taking two or three in Cincinnati. They open a three-game weekend series at home against the Cubs tonight. Royals, well, they are busy in Detroit to play the Tigers. That after closing out a series in Chicago against the White Sox last night. Chiefs, not busy this weekend. Kansas City will open its NFL season on the road on September 11th against Arizona against the Cardinals. Hey, you got to check out KB 
on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin K.B. Burns, 702 a.m., 502 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local lake area shows. It is absolute greatness. And don't forget, at the top of the hour on almost every hour on Lake TV, you can check out Uncle Chris. He's got sports for you. He's got All-American Truth, and he's got trivia. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, and streaming live all the time on online at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. The heavens declare the glory of God, but for atheists, the heavens shout billions of years. Bible believers see the scope and grandeur of the universe as proof of the Creator's greatness and power. Evolutionary cosmologists view it as proof of billions of years of process and development. However, a big cosmos isn't an effective argument against creation by an all-powerful God. Mainstream science has a need for billions of years, so even Christian creationists exposed to Big Bang Cosmology have been seduced by the size and speed of light argument. And so Christian scientists like you, Ross, advocate an old universe because he was trained to believe that. It's a matter of what believers ought to believe. The heavens really declare the glory of God if you believe in a glorious God. Another creationist, Russ Humphreys, has developed a Big Bang variant that reconciles a big universe with the young earth. With God, all things are possible. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 Abuse. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Right back here, yes, we are at, uh, let's see here, oh, I'd say 838. How about it? Uh, yes, indeed, we are uh, happy to have you with us. And, of course, a little bit later on, Dave Boppin will uh, be making his weekly appearance to enlighten us with uh, his most recent blog or possibly blogs regarding what he talks about during his uh, Among the Dogwoods blog. 
And uh, we thank Dave, of course, for his participation in the program, and we uh, appreciate your participation as well. If you'd like to talk to us this morning, by all means, give us a call at 573-633-5395. It is uh, a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. 76 degrees, the expected high today. And as we do have some high school football coming up tonight, that is going to be very important weather-wise to enjoy some nice, comfortable temperatures. Hopefully that humidity will not play a big part in it. Some clouds out there right now. And, of course, we are looking at um, 73 degrees in Osage Beach. So maybe things will warm up and then begin to cool down throughout the course of the day. Seeing some clouds and the possibility for some scattered showers and thunderstorms. Partly cloudy tonight, the low of 63. Partly cloudy in 85 tomorrow. Partly cloudy in 82 on Sunday. Partly cloudy in 83 on Labor Day. And then Tuesday, partly cloudy, a high of 85 degrees. Again, the lake level at Bagnell Dam is 659.16. River level at 552.36. And the surface water temperature steady at 81 degrees. 573-633-5395. Give me a call this morning. Let me know what is on your mind. What are you thinking about? What has uh, maybe got you a little perturbed this morning? Or you just want to uh, throw out uh, an opinion or a comment of some kind? We would definitely love to hear from you on the Key Radio Community Hotline. Uh, Game of the Week on Lake TV, Warsaw at for sales. You heard Chris Schneider talking about that. And don't forget, Laker football over on 93.5 as well. Myself, Brendan Matthews, Luke Hagedorn, we will be on the road tonight in Springfield to take on the Kickapoo Chiefs. Lakers last week had a uh, a nice win over Rolla, 45 to nothing. They look great, but of course they'll be facing an undefeated, well, it's obviously early in the season, both teams at uh, 1-0. That's definitely some uh, good news. And so we'll uh, get the coverage started for you tonight at about 6 o'clock over on 93.5. And uh, kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Should be a good game. Two undefeated teams. And uh, it's, uh, again, kind of nice that the Lakers get to start off a bulk of their season on the road. They'll be uh, on the road next week, back home the following week on the road, back home on the road, and finish out the season at home, which will definitely be nice. I like that uh, opportunity to not have to do so much driving around the end of the year. And then uh, we'll see where they're at uh, playoff-wise, the first uh, district contest, and we'll see where they go from there. Other things you can catch on uh, Lake TV include What's Burning, my program, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 p.m., 11.02 p.m., seven days a week, with a new show every Thursday, Cup of Coffee with William Holtz and Chris Schneider, 8.02 a.m., 1.02 p.m., and 8.02 p.m., the Community Spotlight with Chris Schneider, 9.02 a.m., 3.02 p.m., and 7.02 p.m. Some guests coming up on the show include Ron Dugan and Leah Martin with a shootout wrap-up. And uh, Coaching Legacy Episode 5 with Coach Bob Shore and Coach Jeff Shore. Of course, this is Jeff's final year as head coach of the Campton Lakers, his son, Bear, the quarterback, uh, starting quarterback, will uh, be graduating, and uh, Jeff is going to ride off into the sunset. So check it out on Como Channel 90, Roku, My Lake TV, and uh, Lake TV, the Facebook page, now with over 44,000 followers. So 
if you are an advertiser and you've got a message you want to get out there, you're going to get to a lot of folks. You certainly are. As is the case with us right here on Key Radio. My goodness, we'd love to have your support. Community Radio at the Lake of the Ozarks with the uh, support of so many folks. And we uh, would definitely like to get you on board as an underwriter or a content provider, whichever you choose. And I would say that uh, content providers, it's probably a good idea you get yourself some sponsors. And that way you can help uh, help out Key Radio even more. And that is certainly something that a lot of folks are interested in doing. We look at uh, what's coming up this weekend. A uh, big concert over at Ozarks Amphitheater. Live music from the band Foreigner. Foreigner, the uh, greatest hits. And that's going to be a, a great show tomorrow night. I believe there might be some tickets still available. You can call 346-0000 to find out more. Or uh, go online to ozarksamp.com. And as I mentioned, next Friday night, September the 9th, the final hot summer nights, a salute to our frontline heroes. So looking uh, forward to that event. Saturday, September the 10th, you've got the 35th annual Real Help for Kids. We talked to Larry Bennett yesterday. The Vietnam Traveling Memorial Wall will be coming into town on Thursday, September the 8th. And the big procession, which will start at Coles at 10 a.m. and proceed from Coles down Highway 54 to uh, South Business 5 on its way to uh, its home for the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. And will that, uh, that will be the Camdenton Memorial Lake Regional Airport. Going to have opening ceremonies on uh, Thursday evening. It starts at 6 o'clock. They'll have uh, a lot of folks uh, talking about their experiences in Vietnam, talking about the Vietnam Traveling Memorial Wall. We hope to have uh, Doc Russo on the program on Tuesday at uh, about 8.10. We're also going to be talking with uh, Misty Atkinson from, uh, well, you know where she's at right there, Victoria Station. She's uh, got a, a big announcement to make. And also we hope to have Brian Carell on the program on Tuesday morning as well. Brian with, of course, uh, uh, the air show. You saw him at the shootout. He is uh, uh, one of the uh, folks that will be involved in the air show coming up on the 10th out there at the Camden Memorial Lake Regional Airport. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. I'll be back emceeing again for, uh, I guess, probably the third or fourth time that I've done this. And we'll uh, we'll have a lot of fun. Bob Richards will be back. He, along with Brian Carell, make up Team Vortex. They'll each do uh, a solo act, and then they'll team up as Team Vortex, uh, hoping to have the P-51, the L-39, the B-25, some static displays, uh, a lot of food, a lot of fun, and a lot of great sponsors that help put this thing on. And I was excited to hear uh, uh, from Casey Cloak yesterday that, uh, yeah, I think we uh, we have all of the sponsor slots full, but you can always call the Camden Chamber of Commerce to find out more about what's going on, 346-2227, 573-346-2227. Taking a look at uh, some of the local things that are going on, uh, in particular, uh, this from uh, MSN.com, and KY3 out of Springfield, the Camden Police Department, investigating a string of break-ins. Now, I did hear Stacy Johnson mention uh, yesterday, our media partners, LakeExpo.com, that uh, I guess it was straight flush plumbing, 
having to deal with uh, some folks that uh, came in and stole some catalytic converters off of uh, some of their vehicles, at least one anyway. But the Camdenton Police Department and the Camden County Sheriff's Office reminding people to lock their car doors to prevent break-ins. Uh, video footage uh, they have shows a juvenile, uh, well, a young male anyway, that appears to have checked a vehicle that was sitting beside the one vehicle and then go to the other vehicle and then get inside the vehicle. This is from uh, Police Chief Jeff Beachamp, uh, who is uh, the chief there, uh, a five-car uh, break-in uh, string in a matter of weeks. Kind of unusual, but it is happening. It's been on the northwest quadrant of the city, so they're focusing their investigation on that area. It's uh, not just Camdenton Police looking into who did it. So is the Camden County Sheriff's Office. Generally speaking, we're talking about juveniles, young offenders who are out looking for an easy score. Basically, just kind of uh, a target opportunity, said uh, Sergeant Scott Hines from the Camden County Sheriff's Department. What else do we have for you here this morning? Well, uh, Missouri activists form campaign to oppose marijuana ballot initiative. And they are uh, urging the governor to put reform on special session agenda. Something we talked about uh, a little bit with uh, Bev Aylin. Missouri activists announced on Thursday that they have launched a campaign to oppose a marijuana legalization initiative that will be on the November ballot, calling on the governor to give lawmakers a chance to enact reform during an upcoming special session. The No on Amendment 3 Missouri Deserves Better campaign is being backed by lawmakers, former Missouri Lieutenant Governor, legalization advocates, and the director of the state chapter of Americans for Prosperity, among others. The coalition has two primary objectives, to urge voters to reject a cannabis legalization initiative that's already been certified for the November ballot, and to convince Governor Mike Parson to allow legislators to take up marijuana reform as part of a special session that's set to begin on September 6th. Specifically, Missouri deserves better wants the legislature to approve a legalization bill from Representative Ron Hicks, which advanced through the committee process earlier this year but never reached the House floor before the regular session adjourned. Advocates and lawmakers are generally divided about the best path forward for legalization in the Show Me State. Legal Missouri 2022, which is behind the cannabis measure, the state uh, officials uh, recently certified for ballot placement has insisted that they crafted the proposed constitutional amendment in a way that would provide a level playing field for the industry while still promoting equity by way of expungements, for example. The initiative is endorsed by a number of advocacy organizations, including ACLU of Missouri and all six active chambers of Missouri Normal, N-O-R-M-L. Adolphus Pruitt, president of uh, St. Louis NAACP, also said in a statement shared with Marijuana Moment that the organization is proud to support the ballot initiative due to its vital and broad criminal justice reforms and expanded economic opportunities for communities that have been harmed by marijuana prohibition. Still, organizers have faced their fair share of pushback over certain provisions. So, legalization of marijuana. A lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on it. 
Do you see it uh, being an issue that will pass in November, or do you think that uh, it will be close, or do you think that it will be defeated? Well, a lot of folks uh, have said that uh, sometimes, and uh, this certainly is the case. When you uh, when you put medical marijuana on the ballot and it passes, a lot of folks will then push for recreational marijuana, and that has passed in a lot of places as well. But as we said earlier, it is still something that is illegal as far as the federal government is concerned. But Bev Aylin made the comment, and I was going to do this as well, oh, all of a sudden states' rights matter. <laughs> uh, states' rights when it comes to other things. And do you think at some point the federal government will pick up the ball and run with it, seeing that there uh, is probably uh, some money that they can uh, score one way or the other? Well, if they... Uh, do look at the legalization of marijuana on the federal level. What do you think that means? And how do you think uh, uh, people will react to that? Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five is the number to call. Also, uh, <laughs> there is uh, some some outrage from parents over hateful remarks by. Uh, The Missouri School Board, in particular, one of their members. And so uh, parents and officials in the Rockwood School District are demanding an apology after a school board member is accused of making hateful statements in a video posted on social media. Dozens are expected to attend the Rockwood School District board meeting on Thursday. Some parents and organizations in the district said they are outraged after school board member Jessica Clark made several statements at an event last month. Let me just uh, see real quick when this, uh, uh, September 1st. So uh, that could have been a school board meeting that took place last night. The Down Syndrome Association of Greater St. Louis said the comments were hurtful toward Uh, members of the disability community and members of the LGBTQA plus community. Uh, They celebrate the lives of all individuals with Down syndrome and other disabilities. We believe that all individuals with disabilities should have the opportunity to reach their full potential in safe, welcoming, inclusive communities. We also stand by the educators who have dedicated their lives to teaching our children in loving, safe schools. Ms. Clark's appalling rhetoric is an attack on the diverse communities that make our region so rich and full. Her statements and uh, her lack of remorse or accountability actively create a fearful and divided community for all children and all families. It uh, cannot be ignored or tolerated. Rockwood School District also issued a statement about the incident. The... uh, Rockwood School District is committed to providing a safe and healthy learning environment where students of all backgrounds feel included and respected. That is our responsibility as educators, and we owe that to the families who entrust us with the education and safety of their children every day. Uh, The video of the speech has been shared numerous times on different social media platforms. Fox 2 here, I believe, out of St. Louis. This is where this uh, article came from, fox2now.com. 
Fox 2 has decided not to share the video because we do not own the rights to it. We reached out to Clark for comment, but uh, we have not heard back. And the, uh, the statement itself is not in this uh, particular article. So I would imagine uh, these folks have got something that uh, they are going to be talking about for some time. (laughs) Uh, What about uh, this article that I see here this morning from Breitbart? Joe Biden prepares speech to heal soul of the nation after demonizing Trump supporters as threat to, to democracy. President Joe Biden is preparing to deliver a major speech on Thursday. I don't know if you heard it or not. I think some people did. Uh, Promising to heal the soul of the nation even as he continues stoking fears about supporters of former President Donald Trump as semi-fascist. And again, I guess if you go out in public and you say you're a Trump supporter now... Not only can you add racist and homophobe and xenophobe and every other phobe, uh, you can uh, add to it semi-fascist. It's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy that underpins the I'm going to say something. It's like semi-fascism, Biden said last week at a fundraiser criticizing the extreme MAGA philosophy driving the Republican Party. Biden continues stoking fears about the dangers of Trump supporters despite uh, calls for unity during his 2020 campaign. Instead of treating each other's party as the opposition, we treat them as the enemy. This must end, Biden said during his October 2020 speech at Gettysburg. So obviously it's no longer about uh, trying to console people and, hey, let's all play together. It's about, uh, once again, taking the opportunity to lash out and say things that, uh, of course, a lot of people are going to run with. uh, But as the midterm elections approach, Biden appears more willing to demonize Republicans, painting them as a threat to democracy. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy, Biden said at a campaign rally. Struggling with low Approval ratings on economic issues. Biden and his political team have tried to brand MAGA Republicans as the other party. The other, in quotes. The other party that is a fundamental danger to the United States ahead of the midterm elections. Well, of course. Let's stir the pot. Let's see what we can uh, do to get people all fired up. Let's see if we can get some more voters out, uh, out there as well. There are not many real Republicans anymore, Biden lamented, adding that I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. Compounding the president's rhetoric with the FBI raid of former President Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago, more Republicans believe that under Biden, the government is weaponized against the former president and his supporters. Biden also spoke about right-wing Americans who believed in the importance of the Second Amendment holding government accountable to the people. For those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15, you need something a little more than a gun, he said during a speech on Wednesday. 
do you believe that uh, eventually the goal here is to uh, take away that Second Amendment as much as they possibly can? Well, they're already doing it. They're already doing it. Dave Maupin is going to join us coming up next hour at uh, about 9.10. We'll hear the latest from the author of Among the Dogwoods. We'll get his take on uh, just exactly what is going on at Camden County Commission meetings, maybe a school board meeting, maybe a uh, special road district meeting, maybe even the opportunity for us to uh, hear about his days with the LAPD. You never know. It's all good, and it's all coming up. Again, we do have some light rain moving through the area, and uh, we could see some rain off and on throughout the course of the morning into the early afternoon. 76 the high, 63 the low with some clouds tonight, uh, but not a bad day. And it looks as though the Labor Day weekend is uh, going to be great with low to mid-80s for highs. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast. Standing by with local news, Stacy Johnson from your trusted news source, LakeExpo.com. And a check of sports coming your way from none other than Chris Schneider, the master of disaster. We also know him as Uncle Chris, and you've got it all right here, right now, on The Daily Show on Key Radio. Business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, September 2nd. The search continues for a 32-year-old Camden man who's a suspect in a homicide that took place earlier this week. 43-year-old Michael Varney was found dead on the front porch of his home on George Inn Road in Camden County. Witnesses say the two men have been arguing. Authorities say Varney was hit by a vehicle allegedly driven by Jordan Jones. Jones could be driving a late 1980s green or teal extended cab Chevy pickup truck with damage on the front end. Anyone with information about the Camden area man is asked to contact the Camden County Sheriff's Office. The annual Bike Fest event at Lake of the Ozarks has a new sponsor. Indian Motorcycles Slingshot and Head Motor Company is donating $25,000 a year for the next five years to keep the rally on the Bagnell Dam Strip going. The Bike Fest also has a new events organizer. This year's Bike Fest is September 14th through the 18th. The Labor Day holiday is upon us, and that means firework displays at Lake of the Ozarks. Firework shows generally start after dusk. Here's a rundown of a few displays happening this weekend. Saturday night, enjoy music and fireworks show at Bear Bottom Resort. They'll be doing it again on Sunday evening. Also lighting up the sky Sunday night will be Margaritaville and the Lodge of Four Seasons and Point Randall. For a full list, you can go to lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com lake news events boating and the lake life lakeexpo.com helping out the community is as simple as joining the key radio team right now key radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the lake of the ozarks the job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission you decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer.
Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF, and it's football time. That means we've got high school football for you tonight, a whole lot of games, including the game of the week on Lake TV. That's for sales at home against Warsaw. Old rivals going at it tonight, and you can see it live on Lake TV. The COMC pregame show starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7 for sales home to Warsaw. Also tonight, undefeated Camdenton at undefeated Kickapoo, undefeated Eldon at undefeated Owensville tonight. Osage looking for their first win of the year at Moberly. It'll be California looking for its first win of the year at Fulton tonight. College football last night, Mizzou got its first win of the season. Game number one, the Tigers beating Louisiana Tech. Next up for Mizzou, they will be on the road to play K-State a week from tomorrow. MSU Bears open their season with a win on the road at Central Arkansas. Next up for the Bears, it'll be uh, next Thursday at home against UT Martin. Baseball last night saw the Cardinals with the day off. They did not have a game yesterday after taking two or three in Cincinnati. They open a three-game weekend series at home against the Cubs tonight. Royals, well, they are busy in Detroit to play the Tigers. That after closing out a series in Chicago against the White Sox last night. Chiefs, not busy this weekend. Kansas City will open its NFL season on the road on September 11th against Arizona against the Cardinals. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows. It is absolute greatness. And don't forget at the top of the hour on almost every hour on Lake TV, you can check out Uncle Chris. He's got sports for you. He's got All-American Truth. And he's got trivia. You can see Lake Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, and streaming live all the time online at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Our underwriters are who makes the programming possible on Key Radio, and thank you to Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the history of Victoria Station and how you might have to just use your nose with some of the unique products they offer at Victoria Station. The Victoria Station has been around for 37 years now. We're a family-owned business. We've been in our location for 27. We're veteran-owned, family-run. We carry lots of different product categories, from greeting cards to home fragrances, uh, lamps, potpourri. There are certain products that you have to smell. Those home fragrance things, the candles, the potpourri lines, the fragrance oils, that yeah, you need to smell it to see if that's what you want your own home to smell like. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 530. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. 
This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Back in here at, uh, what? wow, 909. I can't see a thing without my glasses. Hold on just a moment. Let me, ah, 908. I'm sorry. We're not young radio people. We're not. No, no, no we're not. We're, on, we're not in our prime. <laughs> not anymore. But, uh, yeah, trying to be, trying to do what I can. And Dave is too. And uh, we are looking at, uh, what are we looking at here this morning as far as uh, the weather is concerned? A uh, beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks, getting ready for, of course, Labor Day weekend. And uh, we are at 73 degrees here in Osage Beach, 76 the high. Cloudy with uh, some rain possible this morning. And then uh, maybe some scattered uh, thunderstorms this afternoon. Those things should well, they should taper off. A few clouds, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible tonight as well. The low of 63, back up to 85 for the high tomorrow and partly cloudy. Partly cloudy and 83 on Sunday. Partly cloudy and 83 on Labor Day. And isolated thunderstorms and 84 on Tuesday. Partly cloudy and 85 Wednesday. 85 the high on Thursday with a partly cloudy sky. And for hot summer nights, we'll look for during the day, plenty of sunshine. A high of 85 will drop down to 63 for the overnight low. So lots of things to consider weather-wise. We're starting to kind of get in that zone a little bit where we are enjoying some more comfortable weather at the Lake of the Ozarks for this time of year. Let's take a look at uh, current conditions at the Bagnell Dam. They include a lake level of 659.22 and the river level at 552.35. Surface water temp holding steady at 81 degrees. Dave Maupin is here. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm loving the weather. Yeah. We're on a roll. Yeah. A lot of folks uh, are a little concerned about the rain today, but maybe you'll get a free car wash out of this deal, and then you can uh, enjoy what's to come. And that is uh, some comfortable, comfortable weather. We'll hopefully get out from under the humidity as well. That would certainly be nice. I can't do a thing with my hair. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it impacts your eyes much as other people, but <laughs> I'm going to go in and have uh, Lisa lower my ears today, and you know, I just once you get uh, the haircut and uh, you do the short, like the high and tight, it's uh, it's hard to do anything else. Yeah. So, what's your clippers? What do you do? I used to do a two and a five. Uh, I think I do. Uh, you got to be shorter than a two on the sides, probably. Uh, I go all the way down to the skin. Okay. And then she uh, makes sure after she uh, takes it all off, she uses the the razor, uh, the clippers, whatever you want to call them. And she has used a straight razor on me before when the clippers have uh, have failed, or she hasn't had the necessary blade to uh, get it down there. And she is steady as a rock. Nice. Yeah. Whenever you see a woman with a straight razor, you always get a little concerned. Yeah, my rule was always if my wife said my hair looked good, then it was time for a haircut. So yeah. then I would go get it shaved down again. Poor Monica. <laughs> well, now now it's fine. Now I just got to figure out what to do with it. Like, because once you, uh, now that my hair's longer, once you wear a cap or something, forget it. You look like a weirdo uh, after you take the baseball cap off. I guess so. I guess that for uh, me, it's can, like a hippie look. Like this is my hippie look at this point. Can be a bit of a problem. Yeah, you know. So it's weird because out here, I guess uh, police officers can have beards. Yeah. You know, so uh, we we were only allowed to have mustaches. For us, we weren't. California generally does not, especially Southern California, does not allow beards. 
for police. And so many of them look like they're from the 70s. Oh, it's great. You've got that 70s mustache going on well, there. There's another word for it, but uh, <laughs> you got the porn stash. That was always the the look. But, yeah, so we it is nice to actually be able to grow it out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I see the guys out here, they can grow beards, so good for them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I didn't realize I was up so loud. I'll have to turn that down. And that reminds me, by the way, if you'd like to uh, be a part of what's uh, going on as far as the discussion with Dave Maupin, you can uh, give us a call at 573-633-5395. I don't know why it's doing what it's doing. Here. I thought that was to tell me it was time to take my pills. Well, <laughs> I guess so. I guess in a roundabout way, that's exactly what we were telling you. Time to take your pills. I did that this morning at about 4.30. I don't know why I was out of bed at 4.30 this morning. I had the alarm set for 5, but I uh, woke up, was tossing and turning, and I said, uh, come on, Lightning, let's uh, let's go. Time to uh, get up and start the day. That's exactly what we did. Uh, let's start our conversation about the most recent edition of Among the Dogwoods. Can we do that? Sure, yeah. We had an August 30th meeting of the Camden County Commission. Uh, and again, just in case people don't know, I write a blog called Among the Dogwoods. Uh, basically, I go to, I've gone to all the commission meetings in the past year and a half, pretty much all of them. I think I've been to about maybe about 110, 120 meetings. Uh, my attendance record is as good or better than most commissioners probably. And uh, yeah, I write about the meetings and I post articles about them on my blog just so people, because they're at 10 in the morning, a lot of people can't make them. And so I just kind of write about them so that people can catch up and see what's going on with their, their county government. So uh, what is uh, happening with the Camden County Commission? So we had another new location for a meeting. Uh, we had, we'd had the last one outside in the, the blazing sun. And I think the commission decided that that was not the best location for them to have their meetings based on probably comfort and hydration. So uh, this time we were inside the conference room of the famous uh, Commission Annex building which uh, probably did great when it was a law office, but I think as far as having large meetings is probably not the best space to have it in because there were probably seats for about 12 people around the table. But it was cozy, and uh, we made it work. So uh, the big thing for this one was there was a sheriff's grant, and I think they said it was for about $500,000, and it's for our Leneg, which is the Lake Area Narcotics Enforcement Group. Right. Uh, called Laneg, not Laneg or anything. They're very specific about how that acronym is supposed Laneg, to be. Right, right. Laneg, right, uh, right. The interesting thing about it, I looked into it, and, uh, you know, so there's, I think there's like five or six drug task forces that are run by the uh, Highway Patrol, I guess, or maybe it's Missouri's Department of Public Safety. Um, you know, these agencies usually have a bunch of different departments, but the idea is they, they provide like one or two uh, highway patrolmen, and then the counties that, that are in the task force, they provide... Uh, officers like task force officers for it like they'll maybe provide like four or five officers to be in the task force and the idea is that they're supposed to be doing like narcotics enforcement and stuff like that over a county area uh, what's interesting about the lake area uh, narcotics group is actually only one of the counties in it is actually on the lake so you would think mm -hmm. lake area narcotics is going to be like miller and morgan uh, you know, Camden, it'd be like kind of, of the lake area, but uh, Miller and Morgan actually belong to a, a different task force, uh, which I think is the Mid-Missouri Task Force. So ours has Camden, Laclede, which maybe you could understand because it is adjacent, and then like Crawford, Osage, Mary's, 
like there's a bunch of counties that are out by like Lynn, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't really know why those ended up being teamed up with uh, Camden County. It's kind of an unusual uh, layout when you look at it because actually four of the counties, the ones that are to the northeast of us, aren't even like connected to Camden County. There's actually counties between between us that aren't part of the task force. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were left over, and we needed to grab some counties to have a, a drug task force, and so we just picked them up. Uh, I don't know if maybe they're along the Osage River, and it's to enforce uh, steamboat drug trafficking. <laughs> like that, that might be, I'm not sure. Steamboat drug trafficking. I'm not sure if it's following the path of the uh, Osage. I know a couple of the folks that work for uh, Leneg, and uh, they are, did I say it right? Leneg? Leneg? Leneg. Leneg. I've been corrected several times. Yeah. Leneg. It's like Lebanon. And uh, it's uh, an interesting job, to say the least. And, you know, right there along the I-44 corridor uh, where Lebanon hits, that seems to be a big place for uh, the drug trafficking that goes on. And so, uh, as always, those folks have their hands full. Certainly with uh, everything that is coming across our southern border, especially things uh, laced with fentanyl. Yeah, and that would make sense, I guess, why Laclede might be involved, because it's kind of a southern route into the lake, you know, right, through right. their county. Uh, but, yeah, the other guys I thought were interesting. So it's just something I, I was looking at. And this, I guess this 500000 grand is uh, the majority of their budget. Looking at their budget last year, I think it was about 636000 So, um, yeah, and I, basically the reason Camden County handles it is because Camden County is a uh, is the only first-class county in that drug task force. So... They're responsible for doing, I guess, all the paperwork and, like, signing the grants and stuff. All the administrative stuff comes through the sheriff. Well, it certainly is uh, an interesting group, and they work with uh, local law enforcement to uh, try to prevent as much drug trafficking as humanly possible. And so hats off to them for the uh, hard work that they do. Uh, anything else uh, going on there at the uh, the meeting? There was a request for surplus money. We've we've talked about this one. This is the tax sale deal where uh, you have a property that goes up for tax tax sale because you didn't necessarily pay the property taxes on it. Uh, the county puts it up for a tax sale. It gets sold, um, and the idea is that the sale money is supposed to first go to pay off the the back property taxes that are owed on that property. Um, but what happens in a lot of cases, you know, you would wonder like, okay, so there's a property worth a hundred thousand dollars or so let's, as an example, a hundred thousand dollars and, uh, you owe $10,000 in property tax on it and you haven't paid for three or four years. Somebody comes in and bids $80,000 on the property and, uh, the first five to 10, let's say $5,000 would go to pay off that property tax. Then you've got an, a remaining 75 grand between what the bidder paid for the property and and what was used to pay the property taxes uh, the original owner of that property doesn't lose the equity they can mm-hmm. actually apply to get that difference the seventy five thousand dollars between the bid for the property the successful bid and the property taxes were owned so they go through court and they can get a, basically a judgment where the, they'll say okay you can we'll we'll give you from that because the county's basically holding seventy five thousand dollars on that property uh-huh. and uh, you can make basically make a claim on it and if you do all the paperwork and it looks good and you're an, either the owner or maybe an heir of the owner, uh, you can get that money distributed to you. If you don't apply for it, eventually that money will be sent to the school districts. So that will go into the school district budgets. Well, that's nice to know. Um, and mo- I think most people claim their surplus. Uh, I, when I was talking to Kendra, the treasurer, I think she said only about seven or $8,000 a year ends up going into the uh, school district accounts as like unclaimed surplus. 
but but it comes up generally every meeting every other meeting or so i'll see uh some kind of surplus basically the commission has to sign off on it so. and they just kind of slide that into their budget school district yeah it gets uh, yeah there, i think there's a percentage of how it gets sent to the different districts i'm not sure 100 percent which goes to what but right. yeah it just gets added into the school district money well Hey, that's uh, good news for them. Yeah, it doesn't go to waste. The county doesn't keep it. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll put it to good use. So, uh, but yeah, so that's what that is. So those are the two big things for the meeting. Everybody show up. Uh, well, uh, James Gohagen wasn't there, but he's in the middle of maybe having a kid, so yeah. I think he's otherwise occupied. <laughs> yeah, he was here earlier in the week, and we uh, spoke with him about that. They are looking at uh, child number four, and so. Uh, might have been a situation where uh, mama was getting ready to pop there so could very well have been the day i have not uh, seen or heard anything as of yet but it is uh, definitely good news for the gohagen family yeah absolutely yeah so that was it that was basically it for the meeting uh -huh. and uh i just did a little research on the narcotics groups afterwards because of course i'm nosy and i was curious about how that all works so you guys roll once yeah. a cop always a cop right yeah, i just i'm always interested <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was that one uh and just some other interesting stuff so i did i i talked about the school board meeting uh two weeks ago and i finally got to writing it up writing it up and uh just some interesting stuff that came out that i didn't really know you know they do the uh, the tax levy for property tax for the school uh -huh. And they do an assessment thing where they basically say, you know, School of the Osage is, is interesting in that their school district is actually across county borders, right? So they've got some of the districts in Morgan, some's in Miller, and some's in Camden County. And uh, this is always confusing, I think, for people who come out here who maybe are looking to buy a house and they want to know where their kids can go to school. It can be very weird about how the school district lines are drawn to where if you live in Four Seasons, your kid's going to School of the Osage. If you live on the tip of, like, Shawnee Bend, there's, like, a little tiny, like, area that also goes to School of the Osage. But then if you live 100 yards over, then your kid's got, a, like, an hour-and-a-half bus ride to Camdenton. You know, so I think people, <laughs> they aren't always aware of what the divisions are. You would think, like, Shawnee Bend would go to School of the Osage because it's, you know, it's there maybe, like, 10 miles from the school. But, nope, they got to go all the way down to Camdenton. I see. Interesting. Yeah, so the... Uh, when I, I wonder if there's uh, anything in the uh, works for, as they say, redistricting. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's it, a lot of this weird stuff out here is because of uh, the way the boundaries were before the, the lake was actually created. Right. You know? So you get some weird situations, like trying to drive through Osage Beach and figure out whether you're in Camden County or Miller County can be confusing at times because, you know, it's like the lines are not always evenly drawn between, like, all of Osage Beach is not in Camden County, mm -hmm. you know, so there's some areas like that. Uh, but, yeah, so one of the things I thought was pretty neat was when I look at, you know, they get an assessment from the, the clerks who basically tell them, hey, this much, here's how much property tax is coming in, here's how much property tax money. What I didn't realize is uh, School of the Osage, the Camden County portion, which is, I think it's north of Bluff Drive, in Osage Beach and Four Seasons has uh, $358 million in assessed value for property. And I think to be a first-class county in Missouri, I think the, you need to be over like a billion in assessed value. So when you think about that small section, even compared to the rest of Camden County, is a pretty significant portion I guess so, yeah. of Camden County's assessed value. And Four Seasons and that tip of Osage Beach themselves are more than the combined assessed value of all the district that's in Miller County and all the district that's in Morgan County. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see, like, 
based on that assessed value, how many kids are actually coming out of that area to the district? You know, because you'd assume that a lot of those houses don't necessarily have kids that attend school at School of the Osage. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what percentages you have as far as property tax contributed versus uh, students attending. So that's kind of your meat and potatoes right there. Yeah, I mean, obviously they would never want to lose that section of Four Seasons because it's a significant uh, contributor to their district. Absolutely. And that's just money in the bank, basically, for them. I mean, it's you're getting tons of property tax, and you're not the people aren't using the school district, so it's basically just all revenue, you know, for them. So, but it it raises the point where, like, I think some people in Four Seasons, I've talked before about. Four Seasons needing to be a little bit more active uh-huh. and turn out for local issues. Um, because, yeah, a lot of the people don't have kids in the school districts, so maybe they don't feel like they need to be aware of what's going on. But, yeah, I think you do because you're, you're paying property tax. <laughs> That's your tax dollars that are going there. So, yeah, I just had to mention it just to raise awareness about it. I mean, whether you have kids or not in, in, in Four Seasons, you're still contributing. You're part of that political division, subdivision. Well, you know, I think that's uh, probably a piece of the pie that they are going to want to hold on to for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. I don't think they'd ever get rid of it. Yeah. Even if they could get rid of me by carving that area out and sending it to Camden. I don't think it's – even that's not it worth it. It comes down and then it goes right around your house. It'll jog around my property line. <laughs> make sure you look closely at the property line for the Moppins yeah. as to whether or not, uh, you know, we don't want to include any of that. But uh, that seems to be the uh, the long and short of it. So, uh, any other things that uh, you want to discuss as far as among the bo- uh, among the Dogwoods blog? Or I mean, things have kind of slowed down a little bit. I think everyone's in the middle of the exhaustion phase, and because the courthouse is going through a big renovation, you know, all the departments have kind of been scattered around. Mm-hmm. So the county has kind of slowed down as far as activity a little bit. Um, so I was basically this past week or two, I was just trying to catch up on stuff. I was talking with someone about that the other day. And we were talking about the fact that, uh, you know, as far as people being able to find the various departments that they need to do business with, and uh, is the county, you know, going to make every attempt possible to inform people where things are? Because you're more than likely start at the courthouse, especially if you don't know, and then you'll have to go from there. And so how do they then... Uh, get people to the right building or the right location uh, to be able to uh, get their business done, whatever business they may have. I mean, Lisa would probably hate me for saying this, but I think you could always go over to the commission office and walk in and knock on the window there and ask them where the the department that you're looking for is. Uh, but I, I assume they would post it online or right, something as right. far as updating people. Well, I was there last week a couple of times. And I did notice that uh, they had folks that were unloading uh, lots of uh, materials and equipment. So uh, I guess they're getting ready to jump on this thing. And I'm sure that they want to get it uh, completed as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think most of the work on the commission building is downstairs. I think the upstairs has been occupied pretty much the entire time. Though they did have the AC shut off for, for a while. Mm-hmm. So it, it seemed okay when we were over there. So. You know, I was I was keeping my eyes open for any signs of danger as I was walking through the building. People breaking into, bursting into a sweat. <laughs> Things floating in the air. Yeah. Particles. Just looking. Trying to be aware. 928 is our time. Do you have a, a story or two you can tell no, us? I, I thought we could talk about, uh, with all this stuff going on with uh, 
President Trump and the search warrant, I've got a lot of experience with using special masters. Right. You know, these legal issues that have come up, I think uh-huh. that's something we could talk about and, and get into a little bit, how that's supposed to work. Well, we will definitely do that and uh, take an opportunity to uh, uh, get into the uh, the nitty-gritty, if you will, of, uh, of search warrants. I often wonder sometimes, you know, when you watch, like, say, for example, Law and & Order, and the DEA's office says, well, we want to get a search warrant, or the, uh, you know, the, the cops want to get a search warrant, so they go to the DA, and sometimes the DA's like, okay, fine, no problem, and then other times it's like, eh, well, we need a little bit more than just uh, what it is that, uh, that you're bringing us, so you're going to have to go do a little bit more legwork in order to make this thing happen, and so I guess... Uh, uh, who was telling me they watch Law and Order, and it's 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 so factual. I learned so much from Law and Order, and <laughs> okay. And, and okay, fine, I get that. That's uh, probably true, but at the same time, it's TV, folks, and so with the TV, obviously, it's uh, a little bit more dramatic. I've worked some cases with Manhattan DA investigators who came out to California to work mm-hmm. on on a couple investigations, and they actually do a little bit differently from the way we do, but we're. Uh, in their case, uh, the the DA would basically do the search warrant, and the uh, DA's office would would do a lot of the review of evidence. Like in California, we would write the search warrant. You might have to take it to a DA for review, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go to a judge and get it signed. You go seize the evidence, and then that's your job to basically sort through it all. But in Manhattan, they did it differently, where they actually it seemed like the DAs were much more hands-on about how the evidence was handled and who was going to be reviewing that evidence. So it really depends jurisdiction to jurisdiction, you know, as far as how it's going to work. It is 9.30 on the Midwest Coast, and a quick check of the temperatures. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. We are at 73 degrees in Osage Beach, 70 in Camdenton. And let's take a quick peek at that uh, in-studio radar that we have available to us and see where all of this precipitation is. Right now they're showing uh, kind of a... uh, uh, a large body of precipitation that is uh, going to be pushing through the area, and they uh, start as early as uh, here on this anyway, uh, right about now all the way uh, up through about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it looks as though uh, as we progress through uh, the day that we are going to see some heavier precipitation starting to push into the state from the uh, uh, southwest, southern parts of uh, Missouri, pushing out of uh, portions of Arkansas and Oklahoma. And it look like uh, looks like uh, it is going to ramp up possibly a little bit later on in the afternoon. So if you're headed out for high school football and you have to travel, especially if you're headed down to Springfield, it uh, may not be a bad idea to take that umbrella with you. 931, Stacy Johnson standing by with LakeExpo.com. She has local news. Chris Schneider with Lake TV and a check of sports and more with Dave Maupin, the author of Among the Dogwoods. It's The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, September 2nd. The search continues for a 32-year-old Camden man who's a suspect in a homicide that took place earlier this week. 43-year-old Michael Varney was found dead on the front porch of his home on Georgian Road in Camden County. Witnesses say the two men have been arguing. Authorities say Varney was hit by a vehicle allegedly driven by Jordan Jones. Jones could be driving a late 1980s green or teal extended cab Chevy pickup truck with damage on the front end. 
Anyone with information about the Camden area man is asked to contact the Camden County Sheriff's Office. The annual Bike Fest event at Lake of the Ozarks has a new sponsor. Indian Motorcycles Slingshot and Head Motor Company is donating $25,000 a year for the next five years to keep the rally on the Bagnell Dam Strip going. The Bike Fest also has a new events organizer. This year's Bike Fest is September 14th through the 18th. The Labor Day holiday is upon us, and that means firework displays at Lake of the Ozarks. Firework shows generally start after dusk. Here's a rundown of a few displays happening this weekend. Saturday night, enjoy music and a fireworks show at Bear Bottom Resort. They'll be doing it again on Sunday evening. Also lighting up the sky Sunday night will be Margaritaville and the Lodge of Four Seasons and Point Randall. For a full list, you can go to lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com lake news events boating and the lake life lakeexpo.com portions of the programming on key radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents second homeowners visitors and the boating community to the lake of the ozarks lake expo features real estate and boats for sale upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF, and it's football time. That means we've got high school football for you tonight, a whole lot of games, including the game of the week on Lake TV. That's for sales at home against Warsaw. Old rivals going at it tonight, and you can see it live on Lake TV. The COMC pregame show starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7 for sales home to Warsaw. Also tonight, undefeated Camdenton at undefeated Kickapoo, undefeated Eldon at undefeated Owen. Tonight, Osage looking for their first win of the year at Moberly. It'll be California looking for its first win of the year at Fulton tonight. College football last night, Mizzou got its first win of the season. Game number one, the Tigers beating Louisiana Tech. Next up for Mizzou, they will be on the road to play K-State a week from tomorrow. MSU Bears open their season with a win on the road at Central Arkansas. Next up for the Bears, it'll be uh, next Thursday at home against UT Martin. Baseball last night saw the Cardinals with the day off. They did not have a game yesterday after taking two or three in Cincinnati. They open a three-game weekend series at home against the Cubs tonight. Royals, well, they are busy in Detroit to play the Tigers. That after closing out a series in Chicago against the White Sox last night. Chiefs, not busy this weekend. Kansas City will open its NFL season on the road on September 11th against Arizona against the Cardinals. 
hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows. It is absolute greatness. And don't forget, at the top of the hour on almost every hour on Lake TV, you can check out Uncle Chris. He's got sports for you. He's got All-American Truth, and he's got trivia. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, and streaming live all the time on online at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. The heavens declare the glory of God, but for atheists, the heavens shout billions of years. Bible believers see the scope and grandeur of the universe as proof of the Creator's greatness and power. Evolutionary cosmologists view it as proof of billions of years of process and development. However, a big cosmos isn't an effective argument against creation by an all-powerful God. Mainstream science has a need for billions of years, so even Christian creationists exposed to Big Bang cosmos cosmology have been seduced by the size and speed of light argument. And so Christian scientists like Hugh Ross advocate an old universe because he was trained to believe that. It's a matter of what believers ought to believe. The heavens really declare the glory of God if you believe in a glorious God. Another creationist, Russ Humphreys, has developed a Big Bang variant that reconciles a big universe with the young earth. With God, all things are possible. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 Abuse. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. 939, 21 now away from 10 o'clock. And I've got to say, folks, we've got a great lineup coming up on Key Radio. As a matter of fact, uh, lots of great programming headed your way including, as we wrap up this show, the CSC Talk uh, talk program. It is a conservative-based radio program, and the host, well, she is pretty awesome. Money for the rest of us 
Also, the Nature Program and Schoolhouse Rocked, all 30-minute versions of those programs. So you can uh, glide through learning a little bit about money, learning a little bit about nature, and uh, Schoolhouse Rocked, it kind of uh, it kind of uh, focuses on uh, homeschooling and uh, related topics to homeschooling. So check those out. And uh, we are always looking for a little help from our local content providers. If you're somebody who has a podcast or you've always dreamed of creating a podcast, get a hold of myself or Bill Mundhausen, and we can make that happen for you. Plus, underwriters uh, sponsoring our programming. And if you are so inclined, you'd like to be a part of the key radio team. We're looking for folks to uh, get out there and visit businesses and spread the good news about our mission and get those businesses on board with Key Radio. A lot of businesses are sitting down and starting to uh, uh, decide what they want to do budget-wise for next year, and this would be an opportune time for somebody to get in there. And you get out what you put in. So if you want to work uh, 10 hours, 15 hours, 20 hours a week, you will get uh, the commission for the uh, time that you put in there. And the business say get on board again. Bill Mundhausen is uh, your best contact for all of that. 941. We're at 74 degrees now in Osage Beach, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Dave Moppin is with us to talk a little bit about search warrants. And I, I think uh, as we uh, look back on what happened, you know, several instances come to mind when we talk about search warrants, uh, certain uh, instances that have been in the news, and those instances, uh, well, a lot of it now focused on the raid on the Mar-a-Lago home of Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump down in Florida, and what it was that they were looking for, what they found, what they were looking for, what they hoped to find. My goodness. i got to take another pill. Another pill for me. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't understand why it's doing that, though. I had the had the darn thing turned down. Anyway, so explain to us, if you will, the search warrant process, or, or certainly the search warrant process that you dealt with when you were with the LAPD. Yeah, most of it's pretty standard. It's because it's based on federal court decisions, case decisions and stuff. But, um, yeah, so one of the first things that always comes up, you know, like you mentioned, people watch Law & Order, they watch Cops, and... And uh, so people get officers who get search warrants. Mm -hmm. um, you don't always have to get a search warrant. I mean, there are uh, exceptions for when a search warrant's required. Uh, obviously, if someone gives you consent, you can search. Um, if uh, you're towing a car, you can do an inventory search of the car before you tow it. Uh, maybe you're towing it because the guy doesn't have a driver's license or something like that. Right. Or uh, another example is if, uh, like, for a vehicle, there's a vehicle exception because vehicles are mobile. So. Um, you, you know, if you have enough probable cause to believe that there's evidence in a car, you can usually search the car without a search warrant. Right. Um, and and so that it used to come up sometimes, too, because uh, we might have a car that we were going to search on a case, and the officers would basically say, well, we can search it. Because the probable cause you need to get the search warrant to search the car is basically the same as the probable cause you would need to just search it without the search warrant. So the question comes up, why would you get a search warrant then in that case? And the reason is, if... You search someone based on one of those exceptions or search a, a car or a location and like for exigency or whatever, the onus is on you in, in court to explain why you had the probable cause to, to search. Um, if you get a search warrant, the onus is on the defense 
to argue why you shouldn't have gotten it. Mm-hmm. By you taking that extra step of writing it all out, taking it to a judge, having a judicial officer review it, and then say, I think there's enough probable cause here to allow you guys to search this car or whatever location. Then later on, when they try to challenge that validity of that search, which they're going to do if you found evidence, it's on the defense to prove that you didn't have enough there because you took those extra steps of getting the judge to sign off on it. So that's a... that that's that's a very different situation it's much easier to have them try to make the case than you have to justify why you made the search uh, the other thing that needs to happen too is uh, generally in most cases california had some exceptions but a person can't just say i'm i'm going to object to that search like if you find a laptop in a in a house and everyone's like that's not my laptop or a backpack and they're like that's not my backpack and then you search that backpack uh, and you find drugs or whatever you find a gun or evidence Someone has to claim standing mm-hmm. to object to it. Like, you can't just say, well, I'm a, is this your backpack? No, but I'm objecting to the fact that you're searching that backpack. Well, they can't do that. They, they have to have some claim of ownership over it. It's called standing to object to the search. So it, it, it's a tough decision for them because by objecting to the search, they're also basically making a, a statement that it's their stuff. Uh-huh. So then if the search is good... A little bit of a contradiction there. Right. They're, they're, they're putting themselves in a spot there. So uh, that's why you'll hear sometimes where they talk about standing or stuff like that. You have to have some kind of claim on the property to actually object to the search. Like if you say, this isn't my apartment, you can't object to the search of the apartment. It has to be someone who uh, is in possession, like lives in that apartment, who would object to the search. That's why sometimes on cases, uh, somebody might object to the search who's not actually being charged in the case. That mm-hmm. can occasionally happen. It happens sometimes in, in California. We had cases like that. Um, so in this situation, when we're talking about Donald Trump's situation, um, you know, uh, the big thing that comes up is privilege, right? So he claims that he's a lot of the stuff that's being seized contains communications between himself and his, one of his attorneys, which is privileged. Normally, in Los Angeles, we would have gotten a special master to go through that. And people have probably heard special masters being mentioned uh, during this, this particular investigation. And what the FBI's approach has been is we're going to do a clean team and a, a dirty team. So they're saying, we seized all the evidence. Uh, we're going to have a dirty team they call it a taint team, which I think is a terrible name for the team. It's, we called it a dirty team. Mm-hmm. And so they would go through everything. And the idea is they're walled off from the clean team. So they go through the stuff and they determine what they think is uh, appropriate for the clean team to look at and what isn't because it might be privileged or they kind of segregate it. Right. And then they give the clean stuff to the clean team to look at. And so the, But the problem is sometimes the dirty team works in the cubicles that are adjacent to the clean team. You know, so it's like, do they... Do they not talk about what they found? Like you're telling, it's 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 a lot of trust to assume that a like occasionally the FBI would bring in units from other states even as a dirty team. Sure. The idea that somehow these guys don't know each other, uh, they didn't go to the academy together or anything like that. Right. Uh, but the funny thing is when I was reading the Fox News story, the Fox News reporter at some point said somebody from the Taint team had leaked information about what they'd found to the news, and I'm like, okay, well if the guy's going to leak it to Fox News. You definitely can't trust that he's not going to tell Bob who's, who he carpools with about what he found. Or could be like five feet away. Yeah, I, I just thought it was so ironic that in the I very... Gotcha. Radio station. That's right. You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3. The very article K-E-Y-K. that they're talking about, the Taint Team, the reporter mentions that somebody from the Taint Team, an anonymous source, had leaked information about what they'd found. Right. So... 
we would use special masters. And with us, there was a, a list at the California State Bar of attorneys who were eligible to be special masters. They were volunteers. And you would basically contact them before you got the search warrant, call one of them up. He would agree to come out to the search warrant. She would agree. And then when you wrote your search warrant, the judge within that search warrant would appoint a special master. So the idea is the special master comes with you. With us, they would come to the search warrant and they would actually do the searching through the records. Like if we were doing, I had one case that I did, which was uh, against an attorney at a law firm. So uh, obviously this guy was a criminal defense attorney. We were the DA's office. Uh, a lot of the files in that office were going to be cases where we were actually prosecuting mm -hmm. uh, the people he was defending. So there was a concern that we didn't want to mess up all these other cases uh, pending criminal cases by them claiming that we had looked through the files and so we had a special master come in and he was going to do uh, the search and then we would have a form that they could sign which would basically if they were going to wait around for the special master to search through everything we could be there for days so they could sign a form that says I'm okay with the investigators searching for stuff as long as it's taken to the special master for review. If they agreed to that, then that would speed up the process a lot and we could get it right. done quicker. Because in this particular case I had uh, two attorneys uh, father and a son, both named Stephen Rodriguez. One was Stephen Allen, and one was Stephen Adrian Rodriguez. And what they were doing was the dad was suspended. His license was suspended. He wasn't allowed to practice law. But he would, uh, and sometimes his son was also suspended. But they were suspended at different times. And what they would do is when one was suspended, the, uh, the other one would go into court for him. And because they always said there was Stephen A. Rodriguez on the record, it was hard to determine which attorney was actually there right. or not. So, uh, but what had happened was a DA, uh, the dad had called up a DA and said, hey, I need the discovery for this case. So she was looking up the address on the state bar website to see where to send the discovery, and it popped up that the guy suspended. So when she goes to court the next day, she tells the judge, hey, senior, they called him senior because he's a dad. He's suspended, just uh -huh. so you know. Well, he gets up and goes up and starts basically talking to the judge. And, try, and the, the judge is like, wait a second, like, aren't you suspended right now? You're not even supposed to be up here. And the deputy's like, oh, yeah, he was just back in lockup talking to the, his client. <laughs> and so it all blew up in court, right? So we had to like, so, so the whole allegation was he was basically practicing law while suspended. And I had to go through and try to, so long story short, we ended up doing a search warrant on their uh on their office because I wanted to find out how many cases they'd been, he'd been doing while suspended. And uh, it ended up being a pretty good case. He actually got, I think he got permanently disbarred. So I was just going to say, what do they, they just kind of pass it back and forth. Right. And so you never know what Stephen A. Rodriguez that you're going to end up with. That's right. And so dad can consult uh, junior when he, or well, his son, not junior, but he can consult his son when he's suspended and vice versa. Right. So people would come to the office and they'd meet with Senior because Junior was a terrible attorney. Oh, but then when they would go to court, Junior would show up and he would be their attorney. Uh, and then they're like, who's this guy? You know, they'd never met him before, mm -hmm. but he's the son. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing they were doing was they were doing something called capping, which is illegal in California. Uh, outside the jail, they had a guy there who was like a parolee, and he would basically solicit for attorney's services. He'd be out there in the visiting <laughs> line. Yeah. He had cards. He'd say, hey, you know, the Rodriguez's are great. They got me. I was looking at 40 years. They got me five years. Here you go. So he'd hand out cards. And then the people would call, and they would talk to Stephen Sr., go visit him. And that's a crime in California. You're not allowed to solicit. Is it like campaigning at a polling Similar. place? Like electioneering, kind of, yeah. <laughs> electioneering. You're, you're not allowed to solicit in the courtroom, in the courthouse, or in the jail. Right. In fact, one time I got solicited by an attorney while I was waiting to go into a, to, for an arraignment. Because mm -hmm. I was just out there in my suit sitting on the bench, and he came up to me, and he offered me his card. And he was like, 
And I, you know, I didn't want to tell him I was a DA investigator because that he would have. So I got the card. And I went back and told uh, the DAs I worked for. I said, "Yeah, this guy actually like solicited me for while I was sitting there." And they're like, "Yeah, but he's like a terrible attorney." So let's not get him <laughs> they're like, we, we, they were like, "We kill that guy in court, so we need him to keep his license for as long as possible." So yeah, so when we did the capping, the other the other side note for that one is it's kind of like how you can talk about how cases go wrong. Uh, we did a grand jury on it, and my best, so when I did the search warrant, I got a bunch of call-in files from the clients. So I had people who'd call in, and I would call them and find out how their case went. And they all had tons of complaints about the Rodriguez's. So mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of different victims, all I could prove that were represented by them when they were both suspended. Um, my best witness came to me, and he had a perfect case where he met with Senior while he was suspended, he paid him. Senior said he was going to be his lawyer. Junior showed up. So it was like the one best victim I had who had all the elements I needed to prove they were doing it. Mm. And the night before the grand jury was, he was going to tell the grand jury, he calls me on my cell phone and tells me, yeah, I lied to you. <laughs> During the oh, he, goes, he goes, I actually was sent to go uh, pretend to have a case so that we could talk to them and I could catch them doing it. He was sent by an attorney named Stephen G. Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was tired of the Stephen A. Rodriguez has ruined his reputation as Stephen Rodriguez. And so he actually, he was his driver. He had his driver go and pretend he had this case, this whole oh, thing. So man. it was a big mess. Long conversation with the DA. And this is like, seriously, like a 10 at night. The next morning, this guy's going to go in and go into the grand jury. Yeah, I think he got afraid because he was worried he was going to have to perjure himself in front of the grand jury. One last quick thing. So we had talked about last time or the other time we were talking about this, about how you have to do a search warrant return. Mm -hmm. You know, after you do the search warrant, you have to take a return, ideally back to the judge you signed it and let them know what you found and everything. That's called returning the search warrant. We had a, an investigation. We were out at the scene and uh, the case investigator, we had Uzis for a while on our entry team. So we did the entry. Everything's fine. Code four. He goes out to the car and we hear like four rounds like pop, 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 pop. And what had happened was the Uzis... Uh, have a very heavy bolt and it fires from an open bolt so he had gone into his trunk and he was trying to unload the uzi and he had accidentally fired off the uzi into oh. the trunk of his car and his case file was right there <laughs> and he shot holes in his case file so when he went to show that he had to then like show the victims like he was at the he's trying to interview them and there's like all these bullet holes in the case and then when he took the search warrant return back to the judge, it had like two bullet holes right in the original search warrant. And the judge was like, it was, how'd this go? <laughs> the judge was like, man, it looks like the search warrant was pretty hairy for you guys. You went to serve the warrant, and what did they do, shoot at you? Wait, these are these bullet, these entry uh, holes on the on the paper are on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, so when, yeah, when, they, when we heard the rounds, everyone like, like obviously perks up and then we hear him on the radio he's like yeah it's code for uh, accidental only <laughs> but yeah it was pretty good i can only imagine the judge's face when he saw that search warrant on the return oh man that has to make you kind of wonder uh, sometimes uh, if you're putting an uzi in the right person's hands right. to begin with uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a little training involved there. Yeah, I was the armorer for the uzi so i knew exactly what the guy had done mm -hmm. correctly he still had the magazine in when he went to let the bolt go forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so if you do that, it's going to fire. Uh, don't you uh, drop the mag and clear the chamber? That's right. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but he was a sergeant at the time. He actually did not get in trouble. We called him the Teflon sergeant. But that nothing ever... He was. He never got in trouble for anything. His <laughs> reference there to John Gotti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. You have to kind of wonder sometimes. Uh, was he then... 
uh, not allowed to use an Uzi any longer, or did he have to go back for uh, maybe a little bit more training? You know, he was one of these guys, and anybody listening who was in law enforcement, who like these guys who think they're like super tactical guys, and they th- it's always the guys who are the most confident and like oh, think they man. are the the badass cop who yeah. are usually are the ones who make the worst mistakes out there. But good news, nobody was hit. Uh, the, the case file. <laughs> that's, that's good news. <laughs> I, I I think the case file when he was interviewing the people had a big impact on the the people he was interviewing because. <laughs> Because clearly this guy was this guy meant business. He wasn't messing around. Uh, you show up at your at uh, at the home with the search warrant, and you show it to him, and it's got bullet holes. Yeah, yeah and it's like you know our case files were very organized, and it was thick. It was like maybe about two hundred pages, and then yeah. there's just four rounds right through. So. I'd never seen that before, but yeah, you know, there's uh, there's always a little something that uh, uh, can add a little e- excitement to uh, what it is you're trying to do when you're trying to serve a search warrant. My goodness, man, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. You go to serve the search warrant, and uh, and or the judge sees it. That that, that was probably even more interesting oh, when yeah. the judge. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, did he you... take it and like hold it up to the light? Oh yeah, it couldn't have looked good. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff on those. Like, I've seen an entry team come in and hammer at an iron gate on a, at a fence line right. for probably about three minutes, just hammering away at it. And then somebody walks up and opens it because it opens out instead of in. <laughs> I've seen that happen. You know? <laughs> like, the guys, they were getting so exhausted hammering it that yeah. they had to actually switch guys to use the ramp. <laughs> You gotta laugh. I mean, if nobody gets hurt, then it's okay. you can laugh about yeah. it, right? So that's kind of the way I always looked at it. Here, hold on. Let, let, let me show you what you're doing wrong here. Yeah, as a sergeant, I'd usually come up and say, <laughs> "We're going to talk about this afterwards, just so you know." Like, we're <laughs> send them to uh, to training on how to uh, how to enter a house and make sure that you're doing it the right way. Yeah, I talk to my guys, and they'd be like, "Oh, I can't wait till the debrief on this one." <laughs> It's a uh, it's an interesting interesting job and interesting business to say the least, with what you've got going on there, and just exactly how it all plays out. So, uh, you will be uh, I'm sure at uh, the upcoming commission meetings. One of the things that I'm interested to know about, and this is something you might want to do a little research on. I don't have my visitors pass yet. Is that I, what you're well, no. Okay. Well, I I, I kind of figured if you had the darn thing, we'd we'd oh, probably yeah. have be, celebrated that already. I'd be crowing about it. Yeah. We'd have uh, we'd have an opportunity to celebrate about it. So you said at this point you don't have it, right? Nope. Oh, there you go. That's appropriate. That's appropriate. Got to take advantage of that whenever I can. But uh, no, what I'd like to know more about is this uh, system that they have to uh, get the meetings out. You know what I'm talking sure. about? This uh, system that uh, apparently, uh, and I talked to Ike about this, and and uh, I. I think I might have mentioned it to uh, Commissioner Gohagen as well, as far as utilizing this system as soon as humanly possible and seeing whether or not that they need to get someone. And uh, Ike's thing was utilizing people within the uh, uh, the courthouse, utilizing uh, you know members of, uh, of the different offices. If there's somebody that maybe has a little experience in something like this or training someone to uh, get the necessary experience, well, then that's definitely what you want to do. But uh, I would be interested to find out more about that. I think uh, the listeners would be as well. Well, School of the Osage hired a communications director, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good idea. I mean, it, it is because now you have a bunch of different county departments that are basically responsible for their own messaging, and they don't even really have the bodies to do that. 
that. You mm-hmm. know, that means every single department has to do its own social media messaging. Yeah. It would be a good idea to have one person who basically is the, the face for the county. The go-to for yeah. that. Dave Moppin, as always, sir, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you to everyone who tuned in this morning. We appreciate it. On the Monday edition of The Daily Show, we're going to uh, entertain you with some old-time radio shows and take the day off. So enjoy as well. Great weekend ahead. Be safe. And as always, keep it tuned.